Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell, and I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. And it's been a wonderful ride. All right, so I want to thank our sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden. At the Gildan Group of Realty Pros, they currently have over 275 star reviews on Zillow, and they are consummate professionals. I trust them with real estate, and I will put all of their information in the show notes. Again, that's the Gildan Group at Realty Pros. Today is Tuesday, March 7th. So I'm going to talk today about some of the guidelines for fitness. I get the American College of Sports Medicine Health and Fitness Journal. I believe it comes out every two months. It's pretty good. It keeps me in the know on stuff going on in fitness. And I liked one of the articles that they had in this month. It basically was talking about stacking, which was kind of an interesting term the way they used it. But what I really got out of the article was them talking about prioritizing where you are in the fitness realm of things. And just to explain the way they use the term stacking, they were talking about going through your schedule. And on the days you're already doing things, make sure that you stack the things onto that that you really need to do. All right, so let's dive in because the goal of It's a Method to the Madness is ultimately to get everybody moving, to get you strength training, to get you doing your functional training, to get you doing your cardio, your stretching, all of that good stuff, and to maybe get rid of or dispel any myths that might be getting in the way of you doing so. All right, knowledge is power. So the more we know, oftentimes, the more likely we are to follow through. So let's talk about these fitness parameters and what the recommendations are. All right. So the American College of Sports Medicine has guidelines for these different aspects of physical fitness that we all should be taking part in. And they are cardiorespiratory exercise, muscular fitness, which is strength, endurance, hypertrophy, and power flexibility and range of motion, and then finally functional fitness such as balance and activities of daily living. And that's the newest one that's really come about in the last two decades. And um, I'm pretty sure I'd be willing to bet that this has come about because essentially the people that are leading the charge in physical fitness, which is really great, are the boomers. It's the boomer generation that tends to be taking up most of the health club space, going to gyms and taking their fitness pretty serious. And that is a major, major need for them is balance and range of motion and function and things like that. All right. So let's talk about these recommendations and are you getting them in? Now, essentially, these are like the foundations These are like the minimal numbers that we should be thinking about. And at the very end of this, I'll kind of clean that up to talk about when we can do more and when that might be too much. So first off on the cardiorespiratory exercise. 
All right, the recommendation is that we do between three and five days of 30 to 60 minutes of moderate activity. All right, moderate activity, moderate cardio is essentially defined in different ways. I think the way that's most applicable for people to understand is simply thinking of brisk walking or moderate exercise bike or bicycling outside. It's very sustainable. Now, if you want to talk about like what that is heart rate wise, that's going to be somewhere around 70% of your maximum heart rate. So it's not very intense. It's going to be between what's called four and six METs, which stand for metabolic equivalents. And most people look at that and go, what the heck is that? I see that number pop up on my exercise bike every once in a while. So a lot of times it's kind of senseless to try to think about how to measure this other than just understanding that moderate activity feels pretty moderate. It's something that you can do for a long period of time, like 30 and 60 minutes. So between three and five days of 30 and 60 minutes, and then we're hitting our baseline for cardiorespiratory fitness. It also goes on to say that this could be more three days a week for 30 minutes at a vigorous intensity. And vigorous is something harder. That would be like running, cycling for sport, swimming, uh, things of that nature. Again, there's some objective starting points such as greater than 85% or so of your maximum heart rate, but essentially it means it's harder. And I think we can all identify with the fact that running is harder than walking, which makes it more vigorous. All right. So we can do between three and five days a week of cardio for 30 to 60 minutes at a moderate clip, which, you know, if you've been exercising for a while, actually feels relatively easy, very doable or we can do three days a week at 30 minutes at a more vigorous clip, or we can do something in between those numbers. But basically, whenever I talk about these recommendations, a lot of people look at that and go, wow, that's a lot more than I thought I needed to do of cardio. It is. I mean, even if it's easier activity, the fact that let's say you're going to the maximum, which isn't really the maximum because you can do more. It's just uh, basically talking about improving your fitness. There may not be huge fitness gains going outside of the maximum of five days a week for 60 minutes. There may not be huge fitness gains. There could be some performance gains and some mental performance gains for people training for different athletic events but there's not great fitness gains. But let's say you're doing those five days a week at 60 minutes of moderate cardio. That's a lot, right? I mean, that's not necessarily a lot for me because I don't look at it like work. I don't look at it like, um, oh, this is terrible. I mean, for example, this morning before I had my first client, I was able to do some moderate cardio and I really liked the moderate cardio. And for me, I did 30 minutes on the life cycle at my house at a pretty low clip. And then I did 30 minutes or so, no, 35 minutes actually of walking on the treadmill, not running, walking with a little bit of an incline. It kept it at a moderate pace for me. And that's 65 minutes. And I looked at it like a pretty easy day. I'm not sitting here trying to say I'm better than you or any of those types of things. I'm just simply saying like for me, 
it doesn't feel like a lot of work, but I understand that for people that don't necessarily love it and look forward to it, trying to carve out that time is a lot. So there's a lot more needed cardio than most people realize. And typically, well, I was going to say that when I ask people where they're falling short, they usually say that, but it, it actually, it, it, it kind of goes back and forth. Some people don't ever do strength training and that's where they fall short. And a lot of people don't do the cardio. So our clients, I would say, neglect the cardio because they come here, they have the appointment and they like having the appointment, the accountability, somebody to push them, somebody to keep the exercises fresh, all that stuff that we do in personal training. So they're likely to make their workouts, but oftentimes they skip the cardio. So that's pretty common. All right. Next recommendation is strength training. So the ACSM goes on to say that we should be training all of the 10 major muscle groups. And if you're keeping score, that's going to be the glutes, the quads, the hamstrings, the pecs, the upper back, the deltoids, the bias, the tries, and the core. So if we train those 10 major areas of the body at least two times a week, preferably three, this is the recommendation, hitting at least one set, preferably two to three of these major muscle groups, two to three times a week in a rep range of eight to 15 reps for most people. That's the recommendation. So let me simplify that a little bit. Work out three times a week. All right. So that's the recommendation. If we work out for strength three times a week, we are doing what we need to do. That's very critical. That's what we want to do. All right. Now, whenever I go over that with clients, I don't want them to think that we're trying to get them to come here more. Thankfully, we're very busy and don't have to follow such tactics. And oftentimes we don't have the room anyway. But we always tell them, look, if you're coming here twice a week, let's make sure we squeeze in that third day somewhere. So two to three days a week with three days being ideal to really focus on your strength, hitting those major muscle groups working hard, focusing on what you need to focus on. That's what we need to do. So if you're keeping score, I know I've said that a couple of times, I guess what I'm trying to say when I say that is, hey, let's take some notes. So far, we're at three to five days a week of cardio, and you know my opinion, preferably five, three days of strength training, just to be getting our fitness benefits. All right. Now, flexibility. What is the recommendation? So the recommendation for flexibility is mostly just do it. Make sure it's incorporated into your plan. There's not really a frequency intensity time for flexibility. There's not really a time frame that we say, oh, 30 minutes of stretching works or 10 minutes of stretching works. We don't know that. What we do know is that when we stretch, we get more flexible. So the real key is where are you most tight? If you're most tight, most likely it's the hamstrings areas that are giving you trouble, the calves and the hip flexors. So the best time to hit our flexibility is during or right after our workout. That's a great time to throw in some stretching. But, you know, we want to make sure we're doing everything mindfully. So these recommendations are great. They give us checklists at the same time. We don't want to just check it off and say, oh, I did that stretch. I held that stretch. I mean, that's, you know, that that's kind of human nature to do, but we have to understand the value of flexibility. 
we really want to try to stay as limber as possible. We're all different genetically. Some of us are very, very flexible, can easily touch our toes without any work. Some people will never touch their toes even though they stretch every day. But the key is we be as pliable as we can be. So the recommendation, again, is very simple. Just do it. Make sure you are using their term, stacking that on top of something else you're doing. I always believe it's ideal to put that in with your strength training because it does not take a lot. Like I actually do like to stretch. I like to stretch in between my sets when I'm strength training. I like to stretch after my workout for just a few minutes. That's all it takes. And I like to stretch after cardiorespiratory workouts. For me, my quads are really tight. My hip flexors are tight. My hamstrings are pretty tight. So I hit those areas. I hold one stretch for roughly 30 seconds, trying to get into a deeper stretch as I go. And then I release, but I do it frequently throughout the day. Now I have an advantage with that. I work at my gym. So a lot of times when I'm telling a client to stretch, I'm stretching with them. So I have that. For you that maybe it's not your all day thing, exercising and being around exercising, just make sure you stretch. So the recommendation is make sure that you do it. Stack it when you're doing other things. So again, maybe after your strength training, maybe after your cardio, if you're really looking for a time frame, look, five minutes is all you really need. It's about quality and it's about frequency and it's about not forgetting to stretch. You just have to do it on a regular basis. Finally, I can save the best for last. It's not really the best. They're all the best. You know, I'm very partial to strength training and cardio. They're all great. But this is like the newest one, the newest recommendations. Like it's so new that even the ACSM is having trouble quantifying all this and even quantifying what to do for it. But basically it's functional ADL training. So balance and range of motion and functional training because it is so critical. Thankfully, the experts and the real experts, the American College of Sports Medicine and the agencies like that have recognized that we can improve these areas of our life. Balance just isn't inner ear and equilibrium things. Balance is working all the little muscle groups and training our proprioceptors in our muscles to keep us safe in space. All right. So a little bit of physiology because heck, this is the method to the madness. We have proprioceptors in our muscles. All right. We have two to be specific, two that matter here, the Golgi tendon organ and muscle spindles. All right. The Golgi tendon organ is an organ in all of our muscles that tells us when we're over stretching. It protects us. It's this defense mechanism within our muscles that when we start pulling our uh, tibia and fibula back, so we're stretching our quad, there's a point where your body says, ow. Well, that's your Golgi tendon organ telling you to be on alert and it keeps you from overstretching yourself. That's pretty cool. Now, the other ones are your muscle spindles. Your muscle spindles are basically telling your brain where you're at in space. And they're in all of your muscles. So they basically will say how much pressure you need to put down on the floor to hold yourself up. It sends this message back to the brain. The brain then recruits the appropriate muscle fibers 
and then you're able to do what you need to do. This area can be trained. We can improve our balance and therefore our function to get better to where we are getting off the ground easier to where we are balancing ourselves if need be because balance is one of the major problems within the boomers and the senior citizens. In fact, the number one cause of death after the age of 85 is complications from falls. All right. This can be prevented to an extent. Um, you know, I, I had to catch myself there. There's no fail safe, of course. Yes, people can fall, but we can improve our risk of falling by improving our balance and improving what we call our functional strength. One of the things we've been doing with our clients here over the past week is putting out a nice regular folding chair, one you'd see in a lobby, one you'd see in an airport, one you'd see anywhere. And just simply having our clients place their feet under the chair, get up, get down 20 times. That's a great example of utilizing range of motion and functional strength. Very, very important to do. We always try to train balance here as well. Balance can be trained in a multitude of ways. Exercising on one foot when you have a spotter and you feel confident. Exercising on what we call stability balls, doing different exercises on the yoga balls or stability balls, whatever you want to call them. Doing exercises on the BOSU ball, which stands for both sides up. It's a half Swiss ball. You don't have to be older or a boomer to be doing these things. It's good to work on all these ADLs and balance no matter what your age is. My great sponsor, who's just 40 years old, very fit young man, Mr. Gildan. We were doing some BOSU squats and deadlifts this morning just before I made this podcast so he can work on all the little synergistic and stability muscles in his ankle to strengthen them so he doesn't have as many lower leg issues. So we can all do this regardless of age. All right. So getting back to the recommendations, again, kind of like flexibility there's no black and white finite time to do it because we don't know, hey, is five balance exercises best? Is single leg exercises better than doing bilateral legs on, on uneven surfaces? No, we don't know. We just know we need to do it. We need to create exercises that seem to really match the person and their issues and then have them do it. So we always tie that in with different exercises that they're doing. Again, using ACSM's term of stacking. So just making sure that, look, when we're doing our strength training, let's make sure we work on some of this balance and ADL issues because that's the key, right? We want a good quality of life. We want to be able to do the things that we want to do. We want to be able to play sports. We want to be able to go to the beach. We want to be able to do the things that we like to do, play golf, whatever it might be. Well, if we continue to do these four things, we're definitely increasing our odds of doing these things. And that is the key. All right. Taking care of yourself, taking care of your body. And speaking of that, let me thank our second sponsor. Speaking of taking care of our body, chiropractic physician, Dr. Doris Antos of Ormond Beach. 
She is a graduate of Palmer College, and she is a phenomenal chiropractor. Again, she is on Granada up in Orman. She's taking new patients, and I vouch for her. We refer to her, and I will also put her information in the show notes. Until next time, be max fit. <laughs>